Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tangents, a podcast, where I talk to you about random stuff while I'm driving to pick up the kids or bring them back home, (laughs) because this is the only window of time I have to do this, and I really want to do it. So, um, this is actually part two of my introduction to movie reviews. I'm going to do movie reviews and I think that's going to be fun, but they are going to be a bit longer, um, the episode lengths. So fair warning, movie reviews are, they're just going to be longer. And I really wanted to keep these episodes around like 10 minutes, but you know, it just is what it is. And full disclosure, I have succumbed to perfectionism. I know, I'm so sorry I let you guys down. But I've had to redo this (laughs) several times. I started by doing a new intro and thinking, okay, that will kind of set it up and make all these caveats. And then even the intros started to go off the rails. So here's the plan. I'm just going to get into it and I'm not going to make any apologies or excuses. And if you don't like it, you're very welcome to just turn it off. Um, But I do want to take care of a couple of uh, housekeeping items. First of all, um, you may hear, and you have heard in previous episodes, the GPS talking in the background. And I want to assure you that I do know how to get to my kid's school and how to get home. But I like to use Waze. This is not an ad. Um, Unless you guys want to pay me to talk about Waze, because I will. But I like to use Waze because it tells me how long it's going to take to get there, how bad the traffic is. I live in an area where it takes me like eight minutes or so to get to the highway. And I get on the highway right before the mall. And our this stretch of highway is just always under construction. There's always a problem. There's always an accident. There's just... It's... It's unpredictable, but at the same time, expected that there's going to be nasty traffic. And so I like to use Waze for that. I also like to know if there's, you know, any problems on the road up ahead, which Waze tells you about. So that's why you hear that. It's not because every day I have to put the location of my children's school into my GPS. Um, Secondly trigger warning. We are talking about, um, I mean, we already, already you have probably been triggered, but we're going to be talking about black mermaids a little bit. And I know that's a sensitive subject. So be warned if you find the idea of black mermaids, that it fulfills something deep inside you that had been missing you don't want to listen to the rest of this because I have opinions about black mermaids. I am myself a black mermaid. No, I'm a black woman. And if you haven't already figured it out, you will eventually, that I just do not look at the world through the lens of being black or being a woman. Um, Those are facets of who I am. They're very important. They inform a lot of parts of my life. Um, but I don't do it for the culture, obviously, 
already tell I'm not the type of black person who does it for the culture, okay? Um, I think the culture has really hurt black, the black community for the most part. So, um, yeah, that's what you're in for. And so buckle up. Here we go. And I'm going to try to keep this to a reasonable time. Black mermaids, let's just get this out of the way. First of all, the whole idea of mermaids, as far as I know, was not stolen from Africa by the patriarchy, but is actually originates amongst white people. So that's probably reason number one why mermaids are typically almost exclusively shown as white although they're often depicted as like weird fish creatures like their top half is kind of like fishy too they have like webbed fingers or like a fishy face like in uh harry potter the mermaids are freaky um you know so it 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 all kinds of depends on the artistic take that you know was taken wow this is one of my most articulate senses um yeah, so it just depends. But number two, I, th- I believe the science is pretty sound that the UV rays are not penetrating the water down to the bottom of the ocean. They live on the bottom of the ocean. They build their homes on flat land at the bottom of the ocean. And now I don't think they're like at the deepest, darkest parts, but they're down there. You know what I mean? They're not, if we're still within the mythos of the Little Mermaid, she was forbidden to to go up to the surface. And if you watch the movie, the surface is quite a ways away. So I really think that it's just a matter of melanin. You know, it's just simple mermaid science 101. We all learned this in school, didn't we? (laughs) So, um, like, give me a break. Mermaids are white. Who cares? Ursula was purple. Who cares? It's, it's not fixing anything in our society to make mermaids black. If, if that makes you feel like more of a whole person, you have deeper problems. And it should matter to you. I think there's so many things that we just like... We hear it, we, it sounds nice, and then we just go with the first feeling that bubbles up, and then that's just where, and then that's the stance that we take. And uh, let's be smarter than that. We're not going to live like that, okay? We are going to think things through. And I believe that once you think through the issue of whether or not, now I could go, I'm going to do a whole other podcast on representation, so I'm just going to move along. Lady in the Tramp. That's where this whole thing started. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I'm not going to apologize for the tangents because that's the name of the podcast. You knew what this was. Lady in the Tramp lacks magic. There's n- absolutely nothing special about it. It's like they were trying to make it as mundane and lifeless as possible. Everything about it is very, like, just calm um, and almost neutered. And that pun was intended after the fact. They made Jim Deere and Darling uh, an interracial couple. The wife is black, which makes absolutely no sense. I mean, we're talking about, like, 
the, the, there's horses and buggies, okay? If there's horse and buggy, that's a main form of transportation. There are some, like, very early cars, but it's mainly horse and buggy. There's horse and buggy. Black people and white people were not hanging out together. (laughs) You pretty much don't need a history degree to know that. And they probably were not supposed to intermarry either. So is this Lady and the Tramp set in like an episode of Star Trek that's like an alternate past where there was never slavery in America? Or maybe like on another planet where everything kind of evolved the same way except that black people and white people got along in America? But it all kind of looks looks like you're in America, but you're actually not. You're on another planet. Is that is this what's going on here? Um, somehow, I don't think they were that clever with it. I'm. I can't remember. If I said this in the first part, but I don't mind um, diversity casting, quote unquote, if in historical um, pieces, if it's acknowledged. And I feel like they missed an opportunity there because they didn't miss it. They, they didn't even see the opportunity because the whole reason why they changed up some of the, the gender uh, parts and the ethnicities was to prove a point. They literally, um, I read somebody involved in the production saying how they felt so happy that they had an opportunity to right the wrong of the racist Siamese cats. We are Siamese, if you please. We are Siamese, if you don't please. Now we're looking over our new domicile. If we like, we stay for maybe quite a while. Tell me what's racist about that against Siamese cats. They're cats. They're not an ethnic group. They're animals. Who is it racist towards? Siamese people? How? Because the bad cats are Siamese? Yeah, we really have a history of demonizing Siamese people in this country, and I'm sick of it. And I'm glad that we're taking a stand, and we're starting with the cats. The cats have been treated the worst of all the Siamese people. (laughs) Come on. Come on. This is like a classic case of, like, you heard something that sounded good, and so you just went with it. And it's not even real. It's, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. I'm, we're in an alternate universe. Lady and the Tramp live action version is set in an alternate universe where slavery never existed and the Siamese were um, brutalized and demonized. And so this was an opportunity to show the Siamese people that we're with them, we stand with them. Um, hashtag, uh, we are Siamese, if you please. I think they had a great opportunity to acknowledge the cultural um, problem of, or the societal issue of um, interracial marriage at that time. I mean, they could have politicized it, you know what I mean? Like, they could have made a statement about how it's ridiculous and always has been ridiculous that um, interracial marriage would be illegal. 
that was a perfect opportunity to make a statement about that because the aunt who comes to babysit and here's a random change where it just they took part of the magic out of it I think by um, Jim Deere and Darling they go on a vacation and they take the baby with them and they don't tell the aunt until she shows up at the door and she's all put out because she's just going to be there watching the house and the dog and it they didn't explain it they but it was obvious that like they didn't want to tell her they needed somebody to watch the house and the dog and they didn't want to tell her that it wasn't to watch the kid and I, they, I don't think they even let her hold the baby it was weird it was like oddly cruel for no good reason but it was a great opportunity to have her being black say a little something a little snide comment about you know that she married a white man and um and then you know she the the wife could have had like a lovely little moment a little like women are actors too kind of like which we obviously know because we've all seen 16 million movies with women in strong leads and we don't need to talk about this anymore just enjoy your freedom as I like to say but that's a subject for another time as well um but they could have given her a little moment where she defended their interracial marriage and the struggles that they have in their town and the looks that people give them and they can't go to restaurants and sit and they can't go in the front door and they have to he sits out back with her at the, at the restaurant you know because you know whatever he refuses to eat at that restaurant anymore where they everybody knew his name and that was his cheers you know bar and he refuses to go there anymore because they won't let her come in the front door and he's taking a stand against racism like that it could have been like a little moment and it's in a kids movie but all the grown-ups who grew up with Lady and the Tramp watched it and you know it could have been a moment and instead they just made them an interracial couple and made the black people and white people hanging out downtown like it was totally normal because they want to make it normal but it, it it is normal now and it wasn't normal then. So, like, pick, pick, like, a, a, a mission that you're on. Are you trying to rewrite history? You're trying to rewrite history in order to prove what? What was the point of this? They made Jacques, the little black terrier, they made him a woman, a girl, dog. And his owner is a woman who dresses her up in various costumes and paints her. Why? In what way does this enhance the story? And this is what I'm back to. Um, if I said this in the first part, I can't remember. But, you know, the, if you're going to remake a classic that we all know by heart, you've got to make it better than the original. And they just didn't. So, thumbs down on live-action Lady and the Tramp. Um, I would give it one star if I was doing star rating just because I think that the acting overall was was very nice it was very well done so great points for acting um, that's all you get from me now a little extra for you really quick so quick the new Grinch came out last year I love it it's our new uh, Christmas tradition I grew up watching the original, you know, the, that was a TV special based on the book, and it's like 28 minutes long or something, and um, I watch that every year, every Christmas, for as long as I can remember, and um, nothing could ever compete with it, as far as I'm concerned. The Jim Carrey live-action remake is just a garish nightmare, as far as I'm concerned, um, but this new one, they really enhanced it. They obviously 
uh, stretched it out to a full-length feature, and everything they did really honored the old one um, and added fun, funny, poignant um, moments to it. You could tell that um, the people who made it really cared and loved the original and wanted to preserve something of that in this new one while um, adding adding to it and creating something totally new. And I think that Pharrell as a narrator was brilliant. Um, the rapping, you know, the rap version of Your Mean One, Mr. Gr it was like so obviously what you ought to do. Um, the only thing I didn't like was the backstory for the Grinch being that he was an orphan and the orphanage is like this really dark angular building they didn't celebrate Christmas for him there were no adults there and so he, that's why he hates Christmas and I just don't believe it like I'll believe anything in a movie give it to me I want it to make sense if you can make it make sense people human beings can fly we just we fly and that's what we do fine I get it and I'll totally accept that but it has it has to work and to me that just doesn't work unless the who's have a very dark secret and this is what I came up with um, this is my backstory to the backstory the Grinch is green because he's actually of an indigenous race of people who live on the other side of this of the, the who planet that is on a speck of dust which we learn from Horton here's a who uh, which I directed, I have assistant directed it at a theater here in Pennsylvania where I live now and I also assistant directed, or directed, I can't get my words straight because I'm trying to go fast because I'm trying to wrap this up. Um, I've directed and um, uh, curated scenes from it for an acting school and it's one of my favorite shows, it's a great show. Um, Anyway, I think that now originally uh, they chose Green for the Grinch because one of the directors or somebody on the production, I can't remember, um, had a rental car that was that shade of green. Like it's a very uninspired reason for it. But obviously they weren't thinking, hey, one day, like 30 years from now, somebody is going to want to make this into a full length movie and the Grinch is going to need a backstory. <laughs> um, they weren't really thinking ahead, but that's fine. We can make it work. This is how I would make it work. He's from an indigenous race of people who live on the other side of their small planet and who have been at war with the Who um, for centuries beyond uh, memory. Um, uh, similar to butter side up, butter side down. Okay? And another Dr. Seuss uh, fable, if you will. And... Um, one day he and his family were exploring and they were very um, pro who, you know, whatever their type of people are. They were into them. Um, they, you know, were not racist against them in any way, but, um, you know, so they were out exploring and they got lost in a snowstorm and the Grinch wandered into Whoville. Whoville is just a town. You know, it's not the entire planet. It's just one t small town. So you have to imagine on this planet that there are other towns, right? So anyway, 
he wanders there and uh, nobody's willing to take him back to his home people. Um, so they build this orphanage for him because of course the Who's don't have orphans because they are like the most friendly, loving, happy people that you've ever seen in your life. And uh, you know, in the event of somebody's untimely death, I'm sure that a neighbor or a family member would just take care of the child. And I feel just as sure that a Who would never be like, oh, I can't pay my rent and put diapers on this kid. I'm putting them in the orphanage. That is not, would not happen in Whoville. Um, it just wouldn't happen. So they made this place for the Grinch and they didn't really care what it looked like. Um, and they actually, maybe somebody who was a little bit racist decided not to make it nice because they don't like those people anyway, because his great, great, great grandfather was killed by uh, one of these Grinch type folk in the great battle of you know, Mount Crumpet. So, <clears throat> anyway, then once the Grinch came of age, he, as it, they show in the movie, climbed up Mount Crumpet and built a pretty amazing house for himself with a cool dumbwaiter um, that his dog Max could go up and down in and he just lives a life of solitude, feeling like he's in between, you know? He's not a who, but he can't really go back home because he doesn't know anything about his home people and maybe you know he even like took a trek and tried to get there and he didn't really know where he was going and no one would tell him exactly and he kind of ran into some of his people and they were like just so different that he was like I can't go and be like them I don't even know how to do that and will they accept me and and but he never reached out you know he never like said hey I've been lost and I'm that kid that got lost and and weren't you guys looking for me? And like he didn't want to go through that whole thing of trying to find his parents and what if they don't want me and they never wanted me. And so he just stayed there and was just, he just let the anger and the bitterness, you know, eat away at him. And, and so fear, really, it was a fear is a path to the dark side as Master Yoda told us. And so <clears throat> yeah, that's it. That's what I think. I think that 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 backstory I find it more um, fulfilling <laughs> well and really now that I think about it I, I don't the who's are too wonderful to be racist so <laughs> I think that probably the Grinch folk are more like redheads you know what I mean like, they don't like them because they're different, true. But it's not a racial thing. It's not me. I mean, they can't be indigenous because then where do the who come from? Do you know what I mean? It's one. I don't know. I don't know. We really, uh, you know, the the mythos of Whoville is rich, you know? Someone should really mine this for... I mean, what are these other towns? What are these other places? What are these, what do they do? You know, what's going on on the planet that Whoville is on? I think it's fascinating. I think somebody should really start dreaming up some ideas for this. It's, it's rich. Um, no offense to redheads, of course. <laughs> but, you know, um... Because, you know, the other the other option, the other terrible option is that, like, it's some sort of, like, 
disease. Maybe he has a disease. He's going to drop dead any day. And the green fur is like, that's how you know, you know? Or like, and it's not communicable, but it's like he has some sort of degenerative, you know, disease. Or maybe it's just a weird, like I said, maybe it's like redheads. It's just a chromosomal anomaly and but the parents were like you know not that parents do that to redheads of course anymore I mean they used to (laughs) back in back in the day in certain cultures um but maybe it's a situation like that I just think that there was a better way to talk about the Grinch and why he hates Christmas than to just throw like a scary orphanage with no Christmas decorations and then he wanders away you know as he grows up and just climbs the mountain like he's he's not an idiot he obviously learned how to read and write did he go to school I have so many questions poor Grinch (laughs) well if you have any ideas about the Grinch's possible backstory or you're upset with my stance on black mermaids um, and my hatred for the live action Lady and the Tramp, why don't you get a conversation started um, either by leaving me a voicemail on Anchor, anchor.fm slash Alana Kuwabara or um, leave me a comment on this post on my Instagram which is Alana Kuwabara, A-L-A-N-A-K-U-W-A-B-A-R-A. Almost all the vowels are A's, except that one U in there. And uh, my last name, you know, my husband is half Japanese. Did you know that? Now you do. And that's why my last name is Kuwabara. And it is Kuwabara and not Kuwabara, even though uh, my... (laughs) It took a black woman to come into the family and tell the Japanese people from Canada that they're saying their own last name wrong um, because I just thought it would be cool when my daughter was younger to try to teach her some Japanese. And so um, we started watching like YouTube videos and I started learning more about the Japanese alphabet and language and I have a couple Japanese friends and I ask them as well and uh, unfortunately what happens when you go to Canada is they have a problem with uh, some some of the A's A vowel (laughs) you know if people mispronounce my name in Canada they call me Alana it's the same problem Kuabera it's not exactly the same but it's similar Kuabera Alana Instead of, like, in the United States, if people mispronounce my name, they call me Elena. Totally, you know, different propensity there for whatever reasons. Um, I have no idea. But that would also be interesting to find out why that is. But it's Kuwabara. And I maintain that, and I will maintain that as long as it's my last name. I'm not Alana Kuwabara. I'm not Alana Kuwabara. I'm Alana Kuwabara, signing off.